nächstes Mal. What's up, beautiful people? I got to get such a... So I definitely didn't mean to hit that twice. I don't know if my, the, like the cursor was literally sitting on it again and I reached down to touch my mouse and it started it again. So this is the show where the intro was so nice we had to do it twice. Welcome back to Baltimore. And then I'm gonna say Baltimore Flavor Radio. Lord, hold on, let me. What is going on tonight? Let me woosa. Access granted. <laughs> you know what the problem is? And I was thinking about this today. I'm, 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 I'm spending it's too much time between shows. I got to get back to doing this on like a weekly basis. At least. You know what I mean? Because I feel like uh, I was starting to say that I feel like there's so many things that's been happening between our different shows that that I that I want to talk about. But then by the time we get on air again, it's been two or three weeks since we've been on and I forget about what it is that I want to talk about. So, you know, that sounds like old age to me. No, that sounds like just too much going on. That's all it is. I mean... For um, those of y'all that haven't heard the news, R. Kelly is guilty on all charges. He I mean, will probably never see the light of day again. Not even going to get into it. Your opinion is your opinion. How you feel is how you feel. But uh, it didn't take long for the jury to, you know, go ahead and and, and say guilty. So, and, yeah, and it's funny. Like what, fifty witnesses and. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny because, you know, the internet never loses. As soon as he, as as soon as he, they found him guilty, they they planned a video with him and Jay Z, the not guilty song, and all that. We, we just do too much sometimes. But at any rate, uh, also wanted to say. Rest in peace to one of my favorite actors, Michael K. Williams, a.k.a. Omar Common from The Wire. Um, passed away, what was it, last week? I think he passed away. And um, he, he was a guy that uh, he always came back to Baltimore um, and showed love to the city, um, especially our young people, um, even after The Wire was over. And that show has been over for a long, long, long time now. And he was uh, here. I think like about two months ago doing something. So he was always back in the city um, and showing love. So, you know, rest in peace to that dude. Um, all you people that keep speculating as to uh, why he passed away, it doesn't matter. He's not here. Respect the man, respect his family, respect their privacy. Let that man rest in peace. Part of, rest, part of allowing people to rest in peace is to not start looking for dirt the minute they pass away. Wow, you that's know, another story. Another 
cats got the cats gotta have something to talk about. Oh, it'd be like, ah, uh, yo, can the man even get buried in the ground before you? No, no. Because even if it ain't, even if it ain't something that's true, they're gonna make something up just to right. have something yeah. to talk and about. And that's and that's what, yeah. That's why we, as responsible media, you know, <laughs> on Access Granted and uh, you know. Foxy show and all of that stuff. We we don't do that. We we spread love. Um, also, I don't know if you saw my post today, and there was a little bit of shade behind it. Um, shout out to every single person that came out on Saturday night to the eight by ten in Federal Hill. Shout out to Billy Live because every time him and Wisdom Court Entertainment come through, amazing show. Shout out to my man Reggie Ruckus for being one of the people that put it on. Um, shout out to BBK Blizzard and all of the acts. I finally met my girl Honey Stacks live. Shout out to her. Yeah, Everybody that came it. through Federal Hill 8 by 10 on Saturday night did an amazing job. My post, the shade part of my post was I just peeped. a lot of other stuff going on up on Federal Hill Saturday night. Well, well, like well. I, said, I guess because nobody died, it goes unreported. And I'm gonna just let people draw their own conclusions to that. But shout out to hip hop and Baltimore hip hop because we came out and acted like we had some damn sense. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> and right. It was it was a great night. And this is the funny part. So you drive, you drive Lyft, so you're familiar with Federal Hill, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, in fact, I have dreams, which I don't understand why, but I have dreams of rolling down that hill. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking, okay, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about the actual hill. I'm, I'm talking just saying, this is, how, this is how I relate. This is how I know... That I'm in Baltimore, I'm you know in what? Federal Hill. You know what? That would be a slow, a, a, a real dope sled ride, though. Oh my that God! Would... How do you stop <laughs> on the street? You stop when you hit the street. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I so highway, I cannot. Yeah. So the party side of Federal Hill, you're familiar with that. Yeah. I didn't know. Excuse my ignorance. That there is an actual hood side of Federal Hill. And because parking is absolutely ridiculous up that way, especially when there's an Oreo game, which there was on Saturday night, mm -hmm. I had to park a little ways from where I was going and put my walking shoes on. <laughs> when I pulled onto the street, I just saw a lot of people that looked like us <laughs> everywhere. And my boy was like, yo, it's a lot of people out here. I was like, yeah. <laughs> As soon as I opened the car, the stench from the weed was so strong. I had to oh close the again for a second. I'm like, yo, hold up. I that wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. But, um, and then, of course, I said to myself, I got to look around and get my burns because my Baltimore, you know, upbringing always has my spidey senses up. It looked like it was cool. I was just like, let my car be, you know, in good shape when I get back. Right. But we get back around there around two o'clock in the morning. It looked like it was more people out than it was at nine o'clock. I'm like, yo, where are these people coming from? But 
you know, it was nothing but love. Nobody bothered nobody. It wasn't no, you know, hey man, get out of my neighborhood. Da, 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 you know, how we can be right. And my car was in one piece. Yeah, amazing night Saturday, man. I got to get you out to one of these hip hop shows, sis. Yeah, I'm feeling some type of way because I never hear about it until after the fact. I'm going to need you to uh, pay attention. But anyway, your show was supposed to be yesterday, but. You want you want to go ahead and vent about that for thirty seconds? No, you know I don't even know how to how to feel about it. Like, so obviously the show, um, the alumni with Special Ed, Dana Dane, Chubb Rock, Moni Love, Kwame. I was hype. I was excited. It oh has been postponed <laughs> from yesterday's date to July, July of twenty twenty two. How do you even set that? How do you even set that that far in advance? But I will say the venue did call me directly um, to you know because remember I had shared with you I'm like I'm yeah. feeling type of way I haven't gotten any type of communication I haven't gotten any email I just happened to be on this, the website because you told me and I'm like okay when y'all gonna let me know but they literally- actually called. I was literally going to buy my tickets when I saw that. I was so hurt. <laughs> I was so yes, hurt. Yes, I actually, you know, received a direct phone call. Yeah. You know, That's letting cool. me know what happened. I said, "Okay, customer service. I see you." Did they? Um, did they you know, say why? Did they say why? Well, the only thing they could say was that it was indeed the, you know, the sh- the show. It wasn't the venue. It was, you know, whoever from the camp that's handling everything for the alumni they needed to postpone for whatever reason. So, so obviously, you know, tickets will be honored come July, 2022. I'm like, save up. (laughs) I'm just like, that is a long way away. Yeah. We'll, we'll forget about it and then hopefully be reminded uh, somewhere around the time. And um, speaking of ticket prices, there's a lot of folks that's pretty mad about these five hundred dollar tickets to go see Mary J. Blige. Yeah, I'm, I don't Mary, I'm a Mary J. Fan. But in the words of, in the words of my man Marty Marr, can't pay the five. <laughs> <laughs> can't pay the five. I might have to create a GoFundMe. You yeah. know, if I get five from a hundred people, you know, we good. And I was trying to get people to understand because people were saying she ought to be ashamed of herself. She can bring the ticket prices down, blah, 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 blah. And I was trying to explain to people the artists are not responsible for the ticket prices. This is all about the promoter. I believe Um, the venue probably has something to do with it as well. And Cheryl probably knows a lot more so she can even answer that for us when we get on. But I'm pretty sure that Mary J. Blige didn't start shaking her head. No. I'm pretty sure Mary J. Blige didn't sit down and say, okay, I'm going to charge y'all $500 to come out and see me. Right. Especially at our arena. Not <laughs> the chicken box. Not the chicken box. <laughs> with them tight seats that me, who's probably gained about 15 pounds since the last time I was at a show, probably can't even fit in now because them things are so small. Out of pocket. But, um, you know, to, to every anybody that chooses to go, um, enjoy this show. Tell me how it was, because I will not <laughs> be kicking out. What did I say? I, I think I heard D Knights is supposed to be there as well. Is that I right? don't care if Jesus was DJing. <laughs> I don't have $500 to give them right well, now. 
True story. I mean, that's not happening. But, but, but the, the level of favor on my life, I mean, some way, somehow, I might, you know, I might slide in the building. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> if somebody else, yeah. I got your ticket. I'm going to buy your ticket. <laughs> so, what you need to do is sneak in the back door. <laughs> Look for macaroni, Tony. <laughs> Listen, I hop in the fence. I can't. Don't be sitting around doing all that talking. Just go straight. To your Listen, yeah, that's that's not. Anything. But um, talk a few minutes about your show, because I always like to let you, you know, have your moment to let everybody know what's going on, and then we'll get straight to our guests because I'm looking forward to this information um that that we're going to get tonight. Indeed. Well, you know, I'm always excited to talk about Rummy My Crown and Rummy My Crown Radio. Of course, for those who are new to Access Granted, or maybe you haven't been here for a while, I am Dewana, aka Foxy's Baby. And I am the creator of the movement Rummy My Crown, where I started by sharing my story of overcoming domestic violence, daddy issues, divorce, and depression. And it has since um, evolved into Whatever trial you have had to overcome, let's do it. <laughs> yes. So uh, fast forward. Now we have a podcast uh, that we stream live here on Facebook as well as YouTube live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're excited about it, um, especially now with October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. It's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we are excited to, you know, to be able to spread the word to, um, in fact, ironically enough, not tomorrow, but next week, we will have a guest who I just met on a dating app. And the level of conversation we had, I had to get him to be a guest on my show. Like it, it was, it was crazy. I was like, he might, he might not be the one. But he the one for next Tuesday because, you know, one of the things I do recognize is that domestic violence is one thing for me to heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, even financially. You know, there's so many different pieces to that puzzle, but it's one thing for you to, to address those things. But what you need to truly address as well is not just the woman who is experiencing these issues, but you also need to address the men. And sometimes the roles are reversed. But in my particular instance, you need to address what what is it the deficit in the man that would even allow him to put his hands on you, that he would even think that that is okay. And, and so, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that you said that the roles are reversed sometimes because I actually have a, a brother that would probably be great um, to come on your show um, as a victim of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And his story is absolutely amazing. I met him um, a couple of years ago um, at an event uh, that lady, a, a sister named Lady Blue um, does because she uh, puts on a, a domestic violent event yearly. She didn't do it last year because of COVID. And I'm right. not sure if she's coming back this year, but she always brings his brother out to talk. Um, because a lot of times when we, when, we, when we hear domestic violence, it's automatically men beating women but there are a lot of men that are victims. And if you yeah. want to get them, I would have to do a little bit of digging um, and try to contact her to get his information. But if you want to bring him on, let me know. I'm sure he would be definitely. Yeah, no worries. I mean, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, everybody needs to keep their hands to themselves. <laughs> 
And but the reality is that we need to really address, you know, what's what's the breakdown? Where is the deficit? What is it that that even makes a person think that that's the resort? Like, let me put my hands on you because I can't express my anger. I can't express my grief. I can't express, you know, what's really going on with me. So I'm going to put my hands on you instead. And so, um, you know, as someone who lived that life for so long. You know, like I said, that's who Foxy's baby is. I was a victim of domestic violence before I was ever even born into this world. And so, you know, when you fast forward now, like my life, it just kept going. You know, first it was my father. Then it was my brother who assaulted me. Then it was my boyfriend who assaulted me. Then it was my husband who assaulted me. And so I had to make the, the choice and the change that it has to stop with me. I'm not going to allow this to transfer to my two daughters, you know, and um, literally the, the turning point for me was when I saw my my funeral. I literally saw a vision of my funeral and I was like, no, this is not how it's going down. This is not how it's going down. So here we are. I didn't chop you in your throat yet, so you're good. <laughs> Make sure y'all check her out, man. Every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Um, I do have to go back and, and watch last week's because I missed it. Uh, it's kind of hard because I have a standing meeting every Tuesday and I will bowl on Tuesdays and I, I got like two devices going on with two different ear pods and trying to listen. I'll let you slide this once. But in fact, tomorrow we have part two with Jolie, the focus coach. So I'm excited. Jolie. Continuing the conversation with her, you know, powerhouse, um, life coach, motivator, um, you know, all around just amazing woman. I mean, you know, I, I like to say amazing attracts amazing. So, you know, I'm surrounded by amazing women. I'm a surrounded by amazing men. And so I'm excited about, you know, what we're doing in the future. So I'm, I'm definitely amazing. Yes, you're correct. I appreciate yeah, you all right. Hey. All right. So. <laughs> We're going to get on, man, because um, we don't want to keep our guests waiting too long, but I definitely have some stuff Yay. that I wanted to touch on. But um, it, it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking about some of the, the people um, that I had a chance to see uh, on Saturday night that could probably benefit a lot from this information that this beautiful young queen that we have in the building with us tonight is going to come up and bless us with. And um, I actually... And it's crazy because I hadn't been on Clubhouse in forever, ever, and just hopped into um, a room on there one night, <clears throat> and I heard her talk a little bit, and I said it would be great to bring her up. Um, she uh, she the one that makes sure that your money is right, <laughs> honestly. Yes. She's the one that, that, that makes sure, you know, and, and, and the one thing that I always try to talk to about people is that it's called show business for a reason. It you have to make sure that you got, you know, people in your corner that are going to make sure that your business is done right. And as we bring Miss Potts up, she's one of the people that if you come through clear cut, is going to make sure that your money is right and everything and just having all of that paperwork and everything in order. How are you this evening? Welcome to Access Granite. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I am doing well. How are you guys doing? We are great. Fantastic, even great, great, great. So, um, I want to kind of let you start where you want to start because, um, 
I know a little bit about ClearCut. I've been doing a little bit of research, which I usually don't do because I like to try to keep my shows authentic and just learn as we go. But I'm going to learn as we go anyway. But um, I just want you to like introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we can get in, you know, to everything else. Sure. Um, thank you very much. Again, my name is Cheryl Potts, and I am a copyright and royalty administrator. And so people say, well, what does that mean? A lot of people may have heard of a publishing administrator, which is someone who manages someone's song and their publishing. But being a copyright and royalty administrator for me for the past 17 years, I have been administrating releases on behalf of independent record labels. I also work with publishers, but my main customers happen record labels. And what does that mean? When many of our many of my clients would come over after an entertainment attorney would set up maybe an LLC for a uh, independent label. A lot of the independent labels that I work with, they're actually artists themselves. So just like uh, many people are artists are putting out their own music, many of the labels I work with also. The only difference is they need a major distribution. So they may have distribution with Universal, they may have uni uh, distribution with the Orchid, but the same principles would apply if you are releasing your music through a Drisco Kid TuneCore or with a major distribution company such as Universal. What I would do is when a release, someone is releasing an album, you, if you're not writing all of your songs, if you're not producing all of your tracks, you need to obtain permission from those songwriters and from those producers. So again, entertainment attorney will set up a LLC and then they would say, you need to go to Cheryl to do the administration. And so when they're releasing an album, I have to check with all of the songwriters. Some songwriters are already signed with publishers. Great, then I contact the publishers and get licenses. What kind of license is that? That's a mechanical license for your song. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But I have to make sure that all the songwriters that are on the album, the record label receives licenses. If the many times uh, producers, record labels enter into an agreement with a producer so they can produce an album. But another thing that's also important that's in that producer agreement is what is called a work for hire to make sure that the record label that hires the producer will also maintain or obtain the master ownership. And I'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that too. Yes, yes, because that's a heavy subject. So, one of the things, so one of the things I do is make sure I get all the licenses from all the key potential music creators 
to make sure that the permission is obtained before the um, album is released. And then if the, if the artist is a songwriter, I would register the song with a, uh, with a performance rights agency, ASCAP, BMI, or CSAT. I would also then register with the copyright office, uh, the sound recording and the underlying songs. And then I would also make sure I, if they already signed up with sound exchange, then I would also um, update all of the new album releases with sound exchange. Did you have a question? I have a question. No, I'm letting you get this all out because I've, I've heard a lot of this before, you know, and, and interviewing a lot of artists and everything. But um, like there's so many things that have to happen between, you know, sitting down with your pen and pad, you know, creating that song to the time that you actually hear it. And I just love doing shows like this because there's still so many people that are that need to be educated. And I feel like the music game has changed so much over the years, um, especially from a business standpoint, that anytime, you know, we have an opportunity to, to teach people because there, there's people, you know, that think that they're going to put out a, a, you know, a song on, you know, distro kid next week and they're going to be rich, you know, they, and that's just not the way that it works. And, and, and I just love having opportunities to talk to people like you so that we can fully make them understand like, nah, that's, that's usually not the way it works. Even if you're, even if you're fortunate enough to sell a hundred thousand copies, you're still not going to be rich next, next week. And, and, and that's a, you know, unfortunately, that's that's just a misunderstanding that a lot of artists have. Sure. So let me take you through the creative process from the moment a song is created to through release. Joanna starts, she sits down with a pen and a pad. She wants to make a song to her future husband. Boom. Called, called Baby I'm Ready. <laughs> Where does she go from there? Okay, so um a songwriter or would sit down and create a song. Once that song is created, once that songwriter puts it in a fixed format, what does that mean? Whether the songwriter wrote it on a piece of paper, whether a songwriter saved it on Microsoft Word, whether a songwriter sang and, and made an audio file, that moment that song is in a fixed format, it is already copyright protected by copyright law. No, you do not need to register your song with the copyright office in order for it to be protected. Nor do you put it in an envelope and mail it to yourself and don't open it. That does not, the poor man copyright, that does not mean that you are protected on copyright law. Luana. I'm cracking up because I've literally heard people say stuff yes, like that. Like, and I'm like, what? No, no, no. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the reason why that's not, that doesn't work. The reason why people will register their song or track with the copyright office 
It's not to be copyright uh, protected. It's, well, excuse me, it's not to be protected underneath copyright law because it is automatically protected once you put it in a fixed format. But the reason why people register with the copyright office is one, if someone infringes on your song, let's say someone heard your song, may have heard, been at your place and they heard your song and said, oh man, I want to go and create a new song. And it sounds exactly like your song. And you want to sue them for copyright infringement. You cannot show up in court and turn around and says, well, I have an envelope. I mailed it to myself and it's, this is how I'm, I'm the owner. According to copyright law, when you want to sue for infringement, the first step that you have to do is register your song with the copyright office. So whether you mailed it to yourself or, you know, or, or, and, or even if you didn't register at the copyright office, Sometimes people will say that, oh, someone heard my song and they registered it first and they're before me, but they took it from me. Then you have to go to court and you have to claim, you have to prove how the other person heard. So it, it's not a first person who registered first, mm. but it is the first step if you want to sue someone for infringement. The law says the song must be registered with the copyright office. Wow. So, so let me ask you this, because the one thing that I've always heard is that before you even sit down to start the creation of the song, once you bring in, you know, who's going to produce on it, who's going to sing on it, who's going to do whatever, the first thing that you need to do is create a split sheet. Okay. And that way, and that way, everybody, I guess, kind of knows going into the situation, you know, what their share is going to be, how the money is going to be divvied or whatever the case may be. And you kind of had this look when I said that. So I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Um, split sheets are very, very important. Okay. But let me first, before we go into before I answer your question, let me go and speak about the difference between a song and a track. In every audio file, there are two different copyrights in an audio file. So when you listen to a track on Spotify, on Apple Music, if you download, there's two different copyrights included in that one audio file. When you create a song, the song is uh, copy protected the moment the song is in a fixed format. There is a second requirement though in order for you to be protected in copyright law. It must be original. So the song must be original, it cannot be from someone else or a melody taken from someone else. It has to be original and it has to be a fixed format and it's protected. 
-hmm. That, when you register the song with the copyright office, it's a performance arts copyright that for a song. Because there are many different songs, right? Excuse me, there's many different copyrights. There's copyrights for um, uh, books, for instance. There's copyrights for uh, photographers. There's copyrights for software. So there are many, many different copyrights that are available for, for registration. So for a song, it's typically, uh, in the old days, the PA form for performance arts. So you sit down and you create this song, you put it in a fixed format, and then oh, you're automatically protected. Now you want to go into the studio and you want to record your song. So when you go into the studio, the artist has the headphones on, the artist is singing the song in the studio, and they have hired a producer who's gonna add all the strings, all the drums, all the beats, the highs and lows. When the producer goes and add all of this music, during the same time the artist is performing the song, in the background, it's being recorded. And when the recording is finished, it's creating an audio track. And when that audio track is created, a second copyright occurs, and that is the sound recording copyright. When you look at record labels, typically you will see the, the symbol P, production. That's the second copyright. So the music industry, you have record labels that owns the sound recording, and typically the publishers own the songs. So when we talk about split sheets and everything, there's split sheets for the song, and there may be split sheets for the producer if he works with other producers. But there are two separate copyrights, and you must get permission from those creators. How does that work? How does the record label become the owner of a master? The record label is not a creator. You have to remember this is all based upon creation from authors, people who are using their mind, intellectual property in terms of they sit down and they come up based upon what they are in their spirit and in their mind or whatever, but it, it's something that they are creating original song. And the producers also has a play in it he is putting these highs and lows in there. But let me tell you what its copyright office says about who is the author of the sound recording. If you ever go register your song, excuse me, if you ever go register your track, your sound recording, because well, again, it's different than the song. It's not the same. When you register a sound recording at the copyright office, you can also download what is called instructions. And it will tell you what each field means and gives you more clarity on what you should add. You can download the SR form circular from the Copyright Office and look at what it says who the author is. The author is the owner or the creator of that track. It will say that 
It may be the performer, the artist, the person who's, who's performing in that track may be the sound recording owner. But there is an or. It may be the person that sits down and puts on all, that puts and adds all of the music, not music, but the records and horns and beats may be the person who adds the sound. But there's another thing. It says, or it may be both. So it could be the producer. It could be the artist. It could be both. Now, the record labels, how do they become? Because they're not creators. This is how they become. There's a term called work for hire, and it's in the copyright law also. So when an artist signs with a record label, not only do they discuss about royalties and how I'm going to pay you, the, typically the first paragraph or the second paragraph, it says high up in that agreement that this is a work for hire. That when you, uh, the work that you do is a work for hire and the company will own the worldwide copyrights of your work. And also, when you think of work for hire, think of Disney, Walt Disney, big production company. They hire, they hire composers. They put out movies. They put out, you know, even children's movies. So they hire composers to to write, to create songs and music in the movies, right? So they, they pay this person a salary, nine to five. That's what you are. You're hiring. I'm hiring you as a composer because all day long we want you to make movies for all our projects or whatever. So for his employment, he is. Um, anything that he creates, Walt Disney owns. I'm a software engineer. I had to same this. I had to sign the same thing in my employment contract with the software companies that I've worked for. It says any software that you create during the time that you're employed by us, we own the copyrights in that software. So that is what you call work for hire. Okay, so you're saying that like um, when when an, when an artist, um, I'm not gonna say when he necessarily scores a, a movie, but when an artist uh, does a song for a sound, a movie soundtrack, um, you're saying that basically the creator of the movie, the you know the Universal or whoever it is that creates, they have the the rights. You know the, the 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 ownership rights to that music because it's in the movie. I was talking about sound recording. Okay. Okay. Movie is different. Different. Okay. Gotcha. But they will want they will want the ownership of the song that's in their movie, but not necessarily your song, right? So if I if they use a song in a movie, first of all, a song the publisher or songwriter would issue what is called a synchronization license. That means that is music that is synchronized with film. So, this, so a production company who creates movies 
will come to the publisher or songwriter, whoever owns the song, and says, I need a license for your song. And they're going to tell you what's, you know, it's going to be used for background music. It's going to be used. For, they're going to tell you what type of usage it is. They often is going to pay you a fee. They also need your performance rights society because they have to, all the music that they have in the film, turn it over to ASCAP, BMI, or CSAP because that's a performance royalty that the owner of the song still gets. But if that song is played in a movie, they want to own, of course, their movie rights with the song in there, right? So the publisher will give a non-exclusive license, a, a synchronization license, right? Because the, the, the publisher wants to find many uses for the song. So they're going to license it all over. So it's not exclusive. But of course, when it comes to copyright of movies, you're not going to have... Oh, that's my part of the song. Could you use it? You know, it's not, you know, you're not going to get that. So, however, if you're using my, uh, if you're using the audio track, then the person who owns the track also has to submit another license called Master Use. So a movie, if they're using your track and the song, track that includes the song, you need to give them two licenses, one for the master use and one for the synchronization license. The sync license is for the song and that pertains to the songwriter slash publisher. The master use license comes from the record label or the audio track owner. Let me ask you a question. Yes. How on earth did Pharrell and Robin Thicke get away with using that song and it sounds so much like the Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye. I thought they I thought they lost the Marvin Gaye case. Did they? Yeah, I, I they lost it. I thought they won that case. I was almost like as a as a fan, I was almost like, how can this possibly? <laughs> it sounds just like it. I'm sorry. I mean, you cannot say talking about. Oh, I thought of. Oh, heck no! It's me. <laughs> but I think they lost. I think they lost that case. Okay. Yeah, it looks like I I just looked it up. It says they had to pay five million dollars to oh, Marvin okay. Gaye's estate for maybe for infringing on that copyright because you mm -hmm. do tend sue for damages. Yeah. So was it, I mean, am I the only one that the first time I heard the song sat up there and said, I hope Marvin, Marvin Gaze State got paid well for this because it was almost like a blatant, it was almost like a remix. Like it didn't sound like they changed anything. Now, of course, thought people were fools. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, there, or at least Pharrell, because he's the one that um, quote unquote produced the song. It was like, oh, I changed the, I played, you know, a chord differently or such and such. And I'm like, nah, bro, like Marvin Gaye could sing on this song. And and and, and we have a, and Dewana's going to laugh when I say this because we have a, a mutual DJ slash producer friend um, that did a song for someone that 
to me sounds very familiar to Doo Brown, which is a very famous song from back in the day. I hate this, this song song's being called It's Your Birthday. And I'm like, bro, like this song sounds very familiar to, you know, and like, I don't know from your standpoint, um, and from like the licensing and the publishing, like what has to like, because people sample all the time. I mean, sampling is, you know, 95% of what you hear, especially in hip hop. Like what part of that music has to change or what part of something has to like, I just, the, the Pharrell, the Pharrell thing just, it, it blew my mind when they actually thought that I can say, yeah, you know, I, I thought of this song. Um, I'm not sure. Only thing I know is, well, in terms, you have to get permission. There's another copy of the song. I do a lot of webinars about um, uh, music and uh, what is it? Copyright and royalties in your music. But I go through, there's a section called derivative. When you're creating a song, you own the song, and then you come out with maybe remixes and things like that. Or someone else may want to use your song, but make other changes. Because when, when you license a song, especially with cover songs, you're supposed to sing it as is. You're not allowed to change their words in the song. But um, there was a very famous song by Sting. And I think it was called, I, uh, I'd be missing you. Oh, and, yeah. And then P. Diddy came out with a P. Diddy version. And it may have been, and he, I can't remember. I, I, it's on my computer. I could probably look it up. But he came out with a different version. But he came out with the P. Diddy version. But it wasn't the exact words. But um, you could right. definitely tell that it was part of what Sting had put out. But it's called a derivative right. But he would have to get permission. He, meaning the publisher, his publisher, went and spoke to Sting's publisher and get permission. And you get a license. Now, you and the original person who creates the song has the opportunity to say yay or nay. Because if they don't want someone to use the song, they have the right to say no when it comes to derivative works. But if you want to just do a cover song, anybody can use it once it's released. Yeah, you just have to pay the royalties. That was that was when Biggie Smalls passed away and he did the I'll Be Missing You song. Yeah. And I know for a fact that Sting signed off on that and you know gave him whatever permissions because um Yeah, he actually right performed it with them. Yeah, I was gonna say right after Biggie Smalls passed away, Sting actually performed that song with him on MTV. Yeah, I love so, that song. Yeah. 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 That's, now, that's an example of a derivative right. Got you, got you. Now let me ask you this. <laughs> so not that long ago, we had Special Ed on the show, right? Okay. Hip hop artist, hip -hop artist from, from back in the day. Um, And he was late, he was late for getting on the show because he had some personal issues that he had to deal with. So in the meantime, I said, well, let's play some Special Ed videos. Totally shut down. Well, did he shut it down or the record label shut it down? Um, the record label, I believe, or whoever owns his publishing more than likely. Oh yeah. Um, how how does that process work? Like it literally 
I think we were halfway through a video when I got the message that, yo, this is I shut mean, down. You know, that's kind of bad. If he, was he the creator of that, of the song? Or, um, or no? He, I'll put it like this. He was the creator of the lyrics. He didn't produce the song. That's pretty bad. But I'll tell you, I had a um, colleague of mine who um, went to a concert and filmed the concert. And she must have had a couple of minutes and she posted on Facebook. And who was it? Um, it was old time. Who was it again? I can't remember. I have faces in my mind. I can't remember what it she was. She was on Facebook Live, basically. No, but she was on Facebook. No, not Facebook Live. Um, Keith Sweat. It was a Keith Sweat concert. Oh. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so she put it up. Now, I don't know whether he was getting ready to have a concert or not, but she got a takedown notice from Facebook. And so she was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. She said, because I'm going to talk to my girl, Cheryl, because I know this is wrong. You know, I know that it was under three minutes, so I have the right to do this. And I'm like, you know what? No, you don't have the right. And I said, I bet you 10 to 1, the record label told Facebook. She says, I don't think so. This is fast. I said, no. I said, Facebook is not the rights owner of it. You need to go back to Facebook and ask who told Facebook to shut it down. And they sent her the notice. It was uh, it was either Universal or it was one of the major labels that said, take this down. And so they had to contact her. Wow. And so there is no specific time. People think, oh, several bars, four bars. That's another misnomer. So, you know, I hope Facebook keeps sparing me because there have been times when I've been at concerts for, you know, artists and have gone live. And it's definitely been longer than some three or four minutes and my videos have never gotten taken down. Yeah, well, again, uh, it depends on whether the the um, you know record label. I'm not sure I, if I can remember correctly. Keith was getting ready to do a concert. She had like thousands of people. She had several thousand views. That's another thing. So she had a lot of views on her posting on Facebook. But um, yeah, they told him to take it down. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm gonna tell you something personal. I've been out with my male friends and get mad when I tell them to take it, you know, don't do the recording. It's copyright infringement. He said, well, look at everybody else. I heard that all the time. They get mad at me. I said, but you have to understand, I'm in this business. Mm -hmm. So even with my boy, I had two boys and they, I guess they were downloading unauthorized music without me on the download because they knew I would, you know, this is people's livelihood. Yeah. You know, don't do that. But um, I've had people get mad at me. Look at everybody else doing it. Okay, oh, you know, okay. Just, just don't do it with me. Do it with somebody else. And, and shout out to Jolie. She's on with us now. I'm the one. Um, so hey. it, it doesn't make a difference. Like the video, I can understand because the the recording. If I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly, the re, the the video, the audio sounds exactly like. The actual song for the most part so it doesn't make a difference when that person is singing it live no what this person recorded was the he she went to a concert and so she was she she recorded the concert him performing 
Wow. That's what I'm saying. And she posted, and she posted the video. Right. That's what I'm saying. On Facebook Live, I've done that. And I don't it even know. Facebook Live, but come on. I'm like, why you yourself? Views. You know, you had all of those views, and then you're planning an upcoming concert or something. I don't know, but it's an unauthorized use of someone else's music. Bottom line. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of haphazard, in, in fact, because like I've had where I might post something, it's, you know, like a TikTok, if you will, and it's maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds, but it included a song, and then after I post it, I'll later get a message saying, oh, this part of your song is either muted or they took the music away or, you know, and I'm like, ain't nobody even seen it yet, so it ain't even about the views, you know? And so how about people yeah. says I don't own the music? Right, that don't make it right. No, that don't make it right. You are still illegally using somebody <laughs> else's music. I don't own the music. That doesn't make it right. Right. And, and now that we think, now that I think about it, Dewana, um, for the alumni show that we were going to go to, didn't you say that yeah. there was something about yeah. I'm telling you specifically not to, yeah, not to yeah. use your cell phone. Yep. So I'm it's going to take it one step further. You ever go to church and see them lyrics up on screen for the congregation to sing together? Wow. That needs a license too. Wow. So there is a organization. Call my pastor real quick. <laughs> you better get them. You better get them. There is an organization called CCLI. It's the Christian Copyright Licensing International. And they are the ones, churches need to sign up with them. And they are the one that gives the authorization to put lyrics up to be displayed on a move on a screen in a church. Wow. And they pay a royalty to the people who create those songs. So yes, pastors are in it too. That's incredible. I tell it you. It is because I just went to my I just went to my daughter's church a couple of weeks ago and as the praise and worship team were up singing, the the, the lyrics were all over. Yep. And now I'm wondering like are they, you know, I think I, I, to be honest with you, I've spoken to several churches or asked and um, several, I haven't heard anybody come back and say that they weren't aware. So I, I'm thinking that maybe their marketing may be very good in getting the word out. But um, I have asked several churches that, you know, I was members of and just someone that's in the Minister of Music that's close yeah. with that. And they knew, yes, you know, we're members of CCLI. You I know. Was say, and, and a lot of times, a lot of times you can tell the difference because the lyrics, it comes up in like a great presentation. You know what I mean? It's got background stuff as opposed to, you can tell the difference as opposed to somebody just sitting down, typing out the lyrics and then just putting it up there. It almost yeah. looks like, you know, there was some kind of a software that was done, you know, for those lyrics to come up. Yeah. That's amazing. That, is, that falls underneath the public display right copyright owner. Wow. That's one of your exclusive rights. That's too much. <laughs> so when you do create a song, you automatically get all these rights. And you yeah. say it's too much, but what if you created the song? Right, exactly. And, exactly. Look, that's okay. your money. That's royalty. Okay. And that's yeah. you, you have the right because you own that song because you created or part creator. Don't you want your money? 
And, and see, this is why, and, and again, this is why I wanted to do a show like this because I guarantee you that someone's going to see this and had no clue. C-C-L-I. Copyright, I think it's Christian Copyright International, uh, C-C-L, Christian Copyright Licensing International. And they could go, I think it's ccli.com or .org, but they can sign up. And there's four churches. I'm definitely going to ask around because I know quite a few, uh, quite a few Christian artists and, you know, I don't know. That says couple to couple lead. That's not that's not it. <laughs> I'm gonna look for that information though, because that that's really good to know. That I definitely didn't have any idea of. Yes, 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 yes. So let's talk about I we talked about the public display, right? That's when your lyrics or music is displayed in public. There is a performance, right, where you're you allow your music to be played in restaurants and um stores in the mall. That is why you signed up for ASCAP, BMI, or CSA, so they can collect the royalties based upon your performance right for creating the song. So you sign up for them, for them to collect your royalties based upon your exclusive rights. Then there is two other rights that work in pairs. I say, I say work in pairs. There is a distribution right, and there is a reproduction right. What is that? The distribution right and the reproduction right. Reproduction meaning you're allowed to make copies of your song, but it also says, or in phono records. And it also says in the distribution right, you're allowed to distribute, meaning you're allowed to give it out to people and stuff like that, or in phono records. These two rights typically make up what is called the mechanical right that a songwriter must give a record label in order to distribute their song in that audio track. They give them the mechanical license and these two rights cover one. When your reproduction right, you give them the permission to be able to make copies of your song. That's crazy, sure, oh, what, nobody make copies of the song? Well, what it does is this. They, a uh, person who is gonna distribute your audio track, they're gonna give the record label a track from their master, their master best edition of their track. And it's in that track is the song, but you're only, they're only gonna give them one. But the uh, record label, it's gotta make copies because it's got to go to iTunes, it's got to go to Apple Music, it's got to go to Spotify, it's got to go to all of the retail stores, services, um, music, uh, digital services, it has to go all over. But you only get one track, so they have to have the right to make a copy. And so the distribution right is for you giving them the right to deliver distribute that song to all of those retail stores. So in your mechanical license is given the record label to permission to distribute and make copies. And while you do that, you're gonna pay me a royalty based on every unit sold. You're gonna pay me the nine cents royalty rate, the mechanical rate that is today or whenever it changes, that you're going to give me the prevailing statutory rate if it goes up. 
that is one of the main reasons why you um, give a label to um, a, me a mechanical license. Now, people get confused on the mechanical license underneath the mechanical license collective. There is a new copyright um, organization called the MLC, and they collect the mechanical interactive royalties from Spotify, Apple Music. So this is a new, not, it's not a new royalty. It's a royalty that most independents and publishers and songwriters was getting, should be getting, but was very, very difficult to, uh, to receive their royalty because Apple Music, Spotify, if a lot of independents who is distributing their own music uh, with TuneCore, CD Baby, things a lot of times neglected and out of the songwriter. So these services didn't know who to pay the publishing. So Spotify was getting sued because they weren't paying the publishing. And so they made changes to the copyright law through the Music Modernization Act. And now we have the MLC that every independent, if you're not signed with a record, if you're not signed with a record label, you're not, excuse me, back up. If you're not signed with a publisher, because MLC manages the songs. So if you're not signed with a music publisher, if you're not signed with a publishing administration from some of these distributors, you need to go to themlc.com and sign up as a self-administered, meaning that you write your own songs, you manage your own publishing, so they can pay you your royalties from the interactive streams. I guarantee you there's so many artists that don't know that. <laughs> That's why I want to give it out, because people need to go out there and get and sign up. And you can also search to see maybe if they have a royalty waiting for you or to see if you're in, in the system. But if you signed up with like a, a song trust or TuneCore publishing administrator, they would have um, registered for you. But they would also take 15% of your songs, and you might as well register yourself and take 100%, but that's a whole other discussion. Right. right. So can you can you own your masters and not own the publishing? Don't forget they're separate. Right. So how do you own your master? So I um what you need to do is go when you hire if you hire a producer then you will want to make sure you have a production agreement. And you want to make sure that's in that agreement it says that you will, Mr. Producer, Mr. or Mrs. Producer, you're gonna transfer the worldwide copyrights to me because I'm hiring you and paying you to do, you know, this hot, to produce this track. Now, I've heard some producers that don't give up sound recordings, what? I hear people say that, well, I pay my producer, so I own a sound recording. No, 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 no. Because even though paying the producer has nothing to do with the creation of the who is the author of that track. And they can still sue you to say that I own that track. I never gave you the rights of that track. And I'm suing you for releasing it because it's my track. Hmm. They may they won't own the underlying song, but they can certainly own that sound recording, i.e. master. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
And the reason that I asked that because I used to hear a lot of artists back in the day, and also I just found out, um, and I looked it up to make sure I had heard it right, that Anita Baker, after all of these years, finally owns all of her masters to all of the music that she's done over the years. But I've heard artists kind of debate as to which is more important. And I remember um, back in probably like the 90s, there used to be there used to be this company that used to put this compilation out called Now That's What I Call Music. And what they would do is they would take like the top 10 or 15 songs from that year. And at the end of the year, they would, you know, put it on a collaboration and put that out. And I was always told that the artists never made money off of that music if they didn't own the publishing or didn't own the masters to that music. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, it makes sense. Um, I cannot stress enough to have a entertain good entertainment attorney to be able to um, negotiate anyone who's signing with a label. Um, I worked with another artist that was signed with Mark Motown and in her whatever was in her recording agreement, she was able to get her master back also. And, you know, since a lot of music is digital and everything, you have to take, the, the record label had to take down all of the music because it had their ISRC codes in it, identifying them as the owner. And it took a period of time to really get all of the um, takedown of the music from all of the different services. So she can then upload the new tracks with her ISRC, which shows she's the owner or her label is the owner. But um, you gotta really have a really good entertainment attorney that can also write those provisions in. But I have to also tell you, you have to also be probably at a certain level because it's because the record label could probably say, who are you? No, I don't accept it. You know, you're brand new. You want me to put all this money in here? You haven't. You don't have any following yet. <laughs> you know, we're taking a gamble, so they have a right to say no. But if you have a good entertainment attorney, and you know, you've also proven yourself, uh, maybe because everything is negotiable. But that's a good thing to have. Everybody don't have that in agreement to have the record label revert. And there may be a specific clause. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, having an entertainment attorney for record labels when you're negotiating any deal is just invaluable. I'm gonna I'm I'm hire my lawyer first because I'm gonna have to get a lawyer to watch the lawyer. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just it's it's just so much, and it's just sad because like. I've just heard so many stories of, you know, you can talk about TLC, you know, and, you know, them having to file bankruptcy literally after selling 10 million records because they weren't making but like four or five cents off of all of those albums. And a lot of artists, you know, forget that when you sign with a label and this label dumps all this money onto you, that they're going to recoup their money before you make a penny. So, you know, they, they get these advances and they go buy their cars and their jewelry and such and such and such and such. And they, you know, they, they pay for these extravagant videos. And then when that album drops and you making, you know, five cents off of a, an album. 
Yeah, and because a lot of people don't un don't understand it. And to be honest with you, there are some creative people that don't want to learn the music business. I get this all the time myself. There are some people that just, you know, they just throw me the money and I'm going to run with it. And then later on, find out, well, you know, I'm screwed. Yeah. And um, I really can't say it enough that you need to sit down and learn about the music business or learn about educate yourself. Because even if you have someone handle it, they may be screwing, you know, you out of your money, you know, because you don't know. You need to be on top of it. You need to be on top of it. Or at least understand the 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 you know publishing and record label. But I think I call record labels. I don't say they're in the music music. I don't say that they're in the business of selling music. I say that they're in the copyright business because let that album not sell well. And let them say, I'm not putting out any more um, music for you. They're not gonna let you out of the contract and you doggone still not getting that master. They will fight you tooth and nail over that master. Why? If it was not important, they would have given it back to everybody. That master is in copyright business. And that's what I said. For being a copyright, why, why, why is she sitting? Hey, Dewana, why is she sitting up here throwing Diddy under the bus on our show like that? Damn. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no, that's that's always that's always been uh, something that a lot of people said about Diddy. Like I remember, you know, like his artists have gone through campaigns to get off of his label after just one album, you know, and stuff like that. And you, like I said, you you hear this stuff all the time, and I think that's why so many people. Um, think that they're better off going the independent route, but sometimes it's better to have that machine behind you. You know, it's it's like a catch twenty two, and you know, there's pros and cons to both. Right. You just well, have to, I hear to figure people, out what works best for you. I, I hear people say, "I'm not giving up my publishing." Well, I'll tell you one thing: publishing is where the money is. Mm -hmm. However, but if you're unheard of. And you wrote a slamming song, and Beyonce wants to record your song. You're not giving up your publishing. You're gonna stay there broke instead of I'll give you up my publishing. You want it, take it. Because you know what, Beyonce is a worldwide known um, performer, right. and just by having Cheryl Potts in the credit, who wrote that song, and other people are going to see, ooh, Cheryl, who is Cheryl Potts? Mm -hmm. And someone else may say, I like that song. Let me get the writers. And the second time, I may have to give up some more publishing. Right? But it's getting me. And then there's going to be a point that, no, nah, I don't have to give up my point. Or I'll give you a piece. Right? Because the ability for a major artist to get your name out thrust to the front like that when nobody heard of you or you're, you know, I think I would give it up initially, not all the time, but I would certainly give it up initially so I can have Beyonce sing my song. And, but my day is coming. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Kind of, it's kind of like you know, sacrifice something here because you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna exactly. tenfold on on the back end. Mm -hmm. This has been very informative. Like I, 
Yes. My head is crying from all this information. But like I said, um, I love doing inf informational shows like this because people just need to know. Like, and like I said earlier, I guarantee there's some people that didn't know that you needed to get permission from a certain place to play those lyrics in your church and you know all of that kind of stuff and you know the, the different kind of royalties and, and everything. People I, I guarantee you somebody's watching this show that's like, damn, I, I didn't know. And now I need to go back and, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's to make sure, especially in this in this streaming world, you know, now where, you know, you, you got to do a whole lot of streaming in order to make some money these days, man. So it's really important to make sure yes, you yes. stay on top of your business. Well, I also like people to know if they're interested in managing their music business, that um, we have a platform called Clearcut Royalty. And Clearcut Royalty is a platform to assist independent music creators in managing the music they create. And the most one of the most popular subscriptions is for the self-release artists. And the self-release artist who's writing their own songs and distributing their own music. They can generate their own split sheets, automatic split sheets from the platform. They can register the song with their um, ASCAP or BMI and assume CSAT with two clicks. They can um, also, uh, someone wants to use their music, they can issue their own license for the songs that they create, the mechanical license that I talked about earlier. And if they're releasing music, then they also can upload their tracks. And we have um, a release module called Certify for Your Release. What that does, it acts like almost like a business affair record label where it checks all of the different potential uh, creators that you create, that you added on the track to make sure that you have permissions. And if not, then you can use our platform to go and get the proper permissions. And you can run royalty reports. Some um, artists, they go into agreements with their uh, producers. And a lot of times, maybe they don't have the you know all of the money and they do a 50-50 split, right? Uh, but you have to pay out. So I know some of the stream, some of the services like Disco Kid and things, they may pay out for the master, but you're also able to pay out for the song. And so the song runs by your mechanical license rates, your royalty rates. And so it's a really great platform. It's designed for independence. We also have professional uh, side too, for those who are signing artists to the labels and signing songwriters to their publishing company. So I would encourage you to, um, for those who want an administration platform, to check us out, sign up for a free demo. I'll be happy to show them how to use the platform and how easy it is and to make sure that you protect your own music that you create. We also have a free portion if you're not um, actually uh, ready for an administration platform, you can at least start managing your songs and your tracks and to make sure that you have all of the rights information because we didn't even talk about metadata, making sure your metadata is right when you release. And 
having a great song and track catalog will at least be able to keep that um, data information that you have. And you can use a spreadsheet too in all, all transparency, but to, to be able to have that information readily available when you release. Wow. Affordable, nine ninety nine. I was going to say that the highest price is nine ninety nine. Yeah, some, yes. some people say, "Sure, on that, yes. you need to measure prices." But I'm like, yes. "Nope." So if you're running a business, a hundred dollars a year, hundred, you know, twenty dollars a year, that's nothing if you're right. You know, and you get me. <laughs> so you know, anytime you have questions or you want to set up time to speak with me. I have a lot of people. Administration, copyright and royalty is confusing and complex, but I'll walk you through it. It's really easy. And I'm there. And we have the the, uh, the website scrolling across the bottom of the screen for those of you that may be interested. I'm going to be honest. I was literally just surprised when I clicked on that pricing link. Yes. And saw, <laughs> and saw a free option. Like, well, no, she mentioned the free option. Right. But when I saw $789 or $799, $899, I was like, really? Like, how could you not take advantages of all the services yeah. that you guys provide? Because I was expecting that to be in the hundreds, honestly. But that's me, the novice, not. That's not right. So that's that's amazing. Pony over there on, on uh, YouTube Live said he's interested. So. <laughs> Come on over. Tony, we have the information uh, scrolling across the bottom of the screen. So uh, just make sure that you reach out. Um, and you also, um, you have, like, I've seen that you've been doing a lot of, like, seminars and stuff like that where you're, you're really. I do a lot of, um, I like Clubhouse, you know, because I could sit here with, without my makeup on, <laughs> my clothes, and run my mouth. <laughs> Instead, you know, so I really like Clubhouse. So yeah. um, last week we had a metadata guru uh, discussing what is needed uh, when you release your um, tracks. And of course, it's, I always start off with the copyright um, information first because the, I have a club that's called Copyright and Royalties, and that's what we discussed. And this past Sunday, I can't even remember the name of the room. I just happened to pop in. You know how you get your notifications for Clubhouse? But a colleague of mine, Tanya Butler, she's an entertainment attorney, but she's also the head of the music department in Berkeley College. And her and I was on. We've been along colleagues. So she's coming on this Wednesday going through copy, I think she said it was copyright and copy wrong. So I had to change my little files to <laughs> uh, ping me. But come on, it's gonna be uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on Facebook, excuse me, not Facebook, but on Clubhouse. And you can easily find me, because it's at Cheryl Potts at Clubhouse, if you wanna join. But every week I try to do an educational component. And then also, if you go to my website and sign up for just a free newsletter, I always try to publish something on the blogs or um, have webinars. I do a lot of webinars. And so you'll be plugged in because education is key. If you don't know the why, you know, 
Um, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I, I definitely enjoyed this. And like I said earlier, I met you on Clubhouse. And it's funny because that probably was the first time that I've been on Clubhouse in like two months. Yeah. I come across great people like you, but then there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes on on Clubhouse. You got to be careful because I heard something. You got to go in and you got to weed your way through. But, you know, every now and then I do come up with a gym. And like I said, when I heard you speaking that night, um, you know, I definitely wanted to reach out so that I can bring you up here. Well, so. thank you very much for having me on. This has been great. Um, thank you so much. I see you got some plaques behind you. I'm real curious as to the plaques yes. behind you. I was definitely getting ready to ask that question before we go. <laughs> All right. So I also do royalty collections. So unfortunately, one of them was for a royalty collection for a label who did not um, get the proper permission for a songwriter who contacted me for collection because she kept calling the label and the label was playing her off and asked me to please help her. So I got her royalties, about $70,000 royalties before they went bankrupt. But um, I'm waiting for my platinum because one of the one of the gold albums went platinum. So I was talking to you. Just talking to the attorney today, okay. Not, you know, my client is no longer getting royalties because they went bankrupt, but they're still making money because it's you know still out there. And my client wants her platinum album, and so do I. So that's my first thing. I talked to the lawyer today, and the lawyer gave me some information. So hopefully, we'll get them ordered. She's going to be very, very happy. She just stunned on it. She said, I'm waiting for my platinum, platinum, yeah, platinum, platinum, platinum. We'll put the gold to the other side. Right. <laughs> In fact, and, you, can send, you can send me the gold one and I'll put it up in this little space right here so I can act like I'm. God is just, God is just so good. God is yeah. just, God is so good. Oh, don't get me on my soapbox. Because I will. Right, don't, get the one up here praise and worship. And listen, worship. we'll be yeah. on the floor. Don't start. Don't start. No, if there is no me in this. It's all him. That's and I'm, me sitting That's here it. talking with you tonight, Antoine, is the way it was supposed to be. And I do believe that. It was supposed to be. You were supposed to be in um uh, at... Uh, clubhouse that night, right. Yes. right? And I'm supposed to be on your show today. So it was meant to be. But the other ones, I, I am administrator of Tamala Man. I, I am also their administrator of their label, Tilly Man Music Group. And I have some other awards too, so. She's legit, Tony. So go ahead and reach out to her. Yes. <laughs> you want to make sure you get your royalties, your plaques, and all of that stuff. And I'm gonna start writing my song about that, you know, that husband that's to come. <laughs> gonna get you an entertainment lawyer first. <laughs> and, and look, I'll I'll, I'll give you uh, ten dollars for the first month. How about that? <laughs> make sure you you know this is recorded, so you yeah. know. That's that's lunch these it's days. Copy written. <laughs> it's copyright protected. See how you learn? You see how you learn? That's what's up. That's right. That's right. Sure, we appreciate you. Um, yes. Thank you. Um, I, I, I pray that Tony does reach out to you, um, and you know that you guys can do some things together, and just uh, let everyone know real quick how they can uh, 
find you if they are interested other than the website that we had posted? Uh, uh, real easy. You can contact me at Cheryl at clearcut.com. So that's real easy. C-L-E-E-R-K-U-T.com. Cheryl. <laughs> and she nice, y'all. I was all in her DM. She replied to me straight off. She ain't get smart with me. She ain't give me no attitude. She said yes. I didn't have to ask 47 times. You know. When you're on when you're on this side and you try to get people on, sometimes you run into that, you know. I understand, but um, you know, I appreciate you yeah. allowing me to get on your platform to get the word out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime. So we also um like to do, you know different kind of shows. So if you have any artists that you want to send this way, by all means, send them to me. And and if I, you have any potential suitors, you can send them my way. But you know, you might have, I don't know, a cousin, uh, a, a friend, I don't know. I'm just I have saying, a call, okay? That's all I have. <laughs> I am gonna. I, I swear I'm gonna put this winter date with the Warner show together. I, I, I've got to make it happen because she does this every. Cheryl, you never know who's listening. I'm gonna put it out there. That's right, and right. I'm looking for the fifty and old uh, and older. So fifty and older, stand up. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> um, I want to thank everybody that turned in with us tonight. This is a very informative show. It was. Um, and as you guys know, um, we talk to different people from around the country, but us being stationed here in Baltimore, this being the home base, um, also like to show a lot of love to people in our city. And, you know, we had uh, DJ Booby on not too long ago. We had DJ Tons. And I'm real big on making sure that our DJs in this city get a lot of love. So as this show was going on, I actually locked in DJ Jamal. And it might be next Monday, it might be the following Monday, haven't decided yet, but I'm definitely interested um, in getting him up here because I know I'm a little bit biased, but I feel like collectively Baltimore has the greatest DJs in the world. Any kind of party that you want to have, any kind of music that you want to have, if you want to play some country, they'll give you some country, they'll give you some club, they'll give you some house, they'll give you some farm, be some old school, whatever it is. And I just love, um, you know, showing them some love and, and letting people get to know the DJ the person behind the person that's rocking the party, so to speak. So we're going to have DJ Jamal coming up soon. Um, and of course, continue to, you know, holler at Devonna every Tuesday, 8 p.m., live on Facebook, live on YouTube. True story. Um, follow our podcast. Let me put that information back across the bottom because uh, we we trying to make some money too. So make sure you follow all of our podcasts on all of the different streams. You can find the Wanda's on all of these as well because we all use the same platforms. Um, and just thank, thank everybody for their support. I have a couple of more shows. I try to tell y'all we'll be working on some stuff. <laughs> um, got a couple more things I'm working on that's gonna be real hot and we'll pass that information on as it's available. And um, Cheryl, just thank you. I really appreciate it. Girl, you are the bomb. I really appreciate it. I've learned so much. All, all in different time zones. Hour, hour and 20 minutes. I like doing this show this way. All in different yeah. time zones. And speaking of which, where are you from, Cheryl? Actually, I just moved from the D.C. area. Okay. Wow. In Baltimore, I was in uh, Virginia for 10 okay. years. 
So I just moved to uh, here in Nashville about in the middle of a pandemic, right? Because music is in Nashville. Yes, it is. Very heavy. It is in D.C. So I um, moved here about a year ago. So for for a cut so I can get it up and running. Okay. Awesome. Shout out to Nashville. Yeah. Yes. All right, man. That's it. We're going to get out of here. Cheryl, again, we really, really appreciate you. Um, Tony, make sure you reach out. Uh, if you want to contact me, I can give you the information again um, so that you can get in touch with Cheryl. We appreciate everybody that tuned in. We'll be back one of these days real soon. With another <laughs> Not episode. one of these days. Just can't give the exact date right now because I don't know. I'm going to talk to him after we get off. But again, we appreciate everybody that tuned in and we love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you the next time. Thank you. Bye.